Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and tight. you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. CJ's Butcher Boy Burgers. When all you do are burgers, they have to be the best, and they are at CJ's. So we talked about this a little bit yesterday, wondering, was the first player going to opt out of the college football playoff? And I guess this qualifies. Again, he's got a hamstring injury. Not 100% that he couldn't return for the game. Now, he's been out for a minute. I think this is his third or fourth straight game that he'll be missing. I don't know 100% if he could go or not. Does this qualify the argument and discussion we had yesterday? Sort of. I mean, under the circumstances, I think what I think what I was really, the essence of what I was getting to was with a starter, a key player, a star player on one side of the ball that had a draft projection in the top five or ten in the draft. So, you know what? The risk is too great for the money I I know I'm I'm up for in April. I think I'm going to sit this one out, even though my team could win a national championship. I really don't want to be in two more games, perhaps. So, you know, I think it's likely what we were talking about. Because think about this: if you're number six or seven or eight in these rankings, your team still has a good chance. Say you're Alabama this year. You're outside the top four. You're not your conference champion. You're going to have to play three rounds now. If you're a player that's sitting there and you're projected, you're Will Anderson, let's just say. You're project, well, I don't even know where he's you know in the mock drafts. He's first round, yeah. I mean, he's first round. I don't know if he's in the top five or ten. But let's just say you know it's tens of millions of dollars for his, for his uh, signing bonus. Do you want to risk three more games? Because that's what you're facing when they expand the playoffs. I just don't know how we avoid this not happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with Keith, you know, everybody think, oh, no, they, you know, you want to win the national title. You want to this, you want to that. I, I agree that the essence of what you're saying sounds right, but I just don't trust that that's how it's going to play out. Zach and Mountainburg asked the question, should they receive a championship ring if they opt out before? Now, no coach, no coach yeah. is going to deny a young man a championship ring if he helped get him to that point where they were on the brink of a national championship two wins away or three wins away when – it expands, but I think that's what some listeners of ours have are wondering about. But it it is kind of a, a curious opt out, one of the first ones that we've seen since the college football playoff era has begun. Will it be the only one? I don't know. We still got a lot of time between now and New Year's Eve before these games are actually played. So maybe it's a particular Georgia player who's got highly rated, or a Michigan player, or a TCU player, or another Ohio State teammate of Jackson Smith and Jigba. I don't know. But I did find this kind of uh, curious as we were discussing it a little bit yesterday. Well, you know, and, and you may see some of these, you know, 
was referenced yesterday, Sean Andrews in the Independence Bowl when they played Missouri oh four somewhere in there. You know, he opted out because he needed nasal polyps worked on. Well, I mean, everybody knew. Wink, wink. No one opted out at that point. It was one in a term of opt out. Um, but that's what happened because he was it was a it was a it was a bowl that didn't have a great deal of meaning, and in his future career was going to have a great impact for him and his family. So, I mean, we've seen this happen before, but it gets covered up as injury. Maybe if you're a star player, that's what happens. You know, all of a sudden they're you're you're physically not available. So COVID became an issue in college sports two years ago, really starting in 2020. We saw TCU, and I guess it was just 2020, 2019 stuff and all that, but we saw TCU opt out of the bowl game it was going to play against Arkansas in the Texas Bowl. Are we going to see a point where opt-outs cause an entire team to opt out of a bowl game they've been invited to? Maybe one of consequence, like a New Year's no. A bowl. You don't think it's ever going to get to that not, point? Not, not, not one of consequence. Okay. Could we see one of the magnitude? And, 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 you know, the Liberty Bowl somewhere in the middle. You know, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl is not at the top, but it, it is not a bottom feeder bowl either. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot a lot lesser games that are played much earlier that have far greater payouts, all of these things. That's 4.30 on ESPN. I yeah, mean, I mean, it's a, this is... It's not a great bowl game. It's a good bowl game. Yeah, um, so, yeah, I, I think bowls of this level and down, but uh, you can see, so, that, that, what is it, the Gasparilla Bowl that's kind of near the bottom of the SEC list or at the bottom. Yeah, you can see a team that, you know, they've had injuries. They've had opt-outs. But my guess is if you have, if you have a team that's going to a bowl of that level, you've got a 6-6 six and six or a 7-5 record, you probably – probably don't have the level of players that you need that, that are opting out for the draft. If you had a bunch of players going to the draft, you're probably not seven and five. You're probably not six and six. You know, if I guess if you got hit with illness and you got hit with, uh, you know, the flu can be just as bad, right? I think it be worse than COVID. Mm-hmm. My wife just came through it. I think it's harder on her, the flu, than COVID. So, uh, yeah, you could see, I could see where a team would just opt out because these aren't big money makers for the universities anymore. And if you're a pow- in a power five league, the money's just flowing. I mean, you know, you're not worried about it. Change of pace on that. Yeah, we'll we'll come back. I do want to talk about Keytron Jackson a, a little bit more, but we brought it up at our the top of our show open uh, last night. At Crystal Bridges Stetson Bennett wins the Burlesworth Trophy for uh, what he's done. He started his career as a walk on, and now gotten to the point won a national championship for Georgia last year, and then he's also a Heisman Trophy finalist as well. I, I thought this was going to be probably the easiest award that Marty has given to this point based on the way Stetson's played this year. Yeah, I hope they didn't have a lot of catering when the committee met to talk over who should win it because uh, I don't think you needed You didn't need too many pots of coffee, too many roll, uh, Danish rolls, uh, too many dozens of donuts to work through this one. I don't, yeah, I'm don't. i with you. I don't know how much hand-wringing you could really have over should Stetson Bennett win the Burlesworth Trophy. No. The setup looks good. I still have not been to Crystal Bridges, which is kind of surprising, but I, I need to go at some point. I, I saw some people that were there, and, uh, just the setup that they do a really good job surprise. on that. As much as you love the arts, that's surprising you haven't been a, there yet. Just a surprise. Let's talk to JR this morning. JR, what's up, man? How you guys doing? <clears throat> we're good, JR. How you guys doing? Good morning. Good morning. Why, why would you limit whether or not a kid could play on a team that was going to go for uh, national championship competition. 
I mean, this has gotten to the point here where there's no limits on anything. So would not would that not make the competition? Oh, this is where I'm drawing the line, Jr. I'm drawing the line right here. I know. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you go down that hill. Why? why? I mean, if if this is what this is all about, I mean, you can improve your draft stock if you get to go play on a national championship Mm -hmm. team, and you fill a void for someone who's injured. I I don't, you know, if if the shoe was on the other foot, would we not would we not jump on that bandwagon? Also, you're you're asking. The, you're making a statement about the question I asked Tommy earlier about transfers. That's okay, I just want to make sure. And and my my other my other question is this right here: Does not all the bowl winnings go into a pot and distributed equally among all teams in the SEC? Is that not yes, how that works? All the all the the net revenue. So, and I don't know how much net revenue you actually have from bowls anymore. I mean, they roll out the. Re- I mean, the schools spend a ton of money on these bowls and. Maybe Memphis won't be as bad because there'll be a lot more uh, people that are able to drive and travel that way, and they'll get mileage. But it's incredible the amount of money they spend. Most of these bowl payouts don't cover the expenses of the schools anymore. They won't bust that, will they? They'll fly. I, I would imagine there will be a plane that goes over, but most of the players generally opt to take the travel check or have in the past. Now, NIL may change that. Heck, these guys are making enough money. They may, private, they may charter their hey. own plane. You know? One more question, uh, Jacoby Criswell. What's the what's the latest on him? So he had anything on that? Yeah, actually, here. Thanks, Jr. Appreciate the call. He has an official coming up. I think this Saturday, if I remember that right. Uh, from what I've been told, he is very interested in coming to Arkansas, and I think there's a a great opportunity. If you remember, so what happened is Morris didn't recruit him hard because Chandler was his primary quarterback for obvious reasons. And then Pittman comes in, tries to sway him. He's already committed to North Carolina, goes to Chapel Hill. I, I told you, I got a chance to talk yeah. to him out there. We had a we had a 20-minute conversation about a lot of things in Chapel Hill. And I was like, man, you, you're, you're welcome to come back home. And he was like, uh, and this was at the Super Regionals last June. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm actually thinking about it. And now it looks like that actually could be the case. He played at Moralton High School. For those not familiar, he's he's Dre Greenlaw's half brother. He played at Moralton High School. He's a tremendous, you know, run pass, dual threat quarterback, RPO kind of guy. Uh, Cody McDabs, it was his head coach at uh, at Moralton. You know, great guy, great coach uh, there at Moralton. So uh, I could certainly see this working out, and he would fit the mold, wouldn't you say? He's a, you know, I, I, did you ever watch him in high school? You ever get to see I've him watched play? highlights, but I'm not. I'm not yeah, going mean, to here until you. I've seen him live. Maybe we ought to get Coach McNabb on sometime. Just kind of refresh everybody on on the kind of quarterback he is. I know he's going to have a you know the the, the front row view and a, and a biased view, but I you know what the limited times I got to see him play, he's he's another. Uh, he's a different than KJ from what I remember, but he's he's that same kind of cut from the same type of cloth of, of the kind of dual threat quarterback you're looking for. Yeah, he's a, a guy that I think a lot of Rageback fans would love to see in a red and white uniform. We'll have to wait on his timeline. He's got some decisions to make about his future, and I'm hoping we get him on the show because I want to hear the perspective from him if he goes on this official visit like I think he's going to in the coming days. What the pitch is from Kendall Bryles and Sam Pittman, what it's like to go on an official visit and a variety of things as a transfer. I want to know if there's a difference between being a high school kid 
and being a guy they're trying to pluck out of the portal. Now, I don't know if he'll share every little intricate detail, but I do think that would be a, a good angle to have on this program to hear that from him. Well, if you could get Chris Well to come in, and he's 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 a big, stocky guy. Best I remember him, kind of like KJ. I don't think he's as big as KJ, but he had you know power thighs, and he was he's a good, strong runner. Best uh, best I remember of him of him playing. So, boy, you get him to come in. Maybe he fits the bill after KJ. Then maybe a. You know, Walker White's got one more year of, of of high school there at Little Rock Christian. He's a dual threat. You're looking at him and several other quarterbacks that you know, if you're going to continue with this dual threat RPO type system, those are the guys you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And Chriswell would fit that mold in that in that regard. Bringing in Malachi Singleton, who should be signing coming in the, in the coming weeks. We'll have to kind of wait and see for him and everyone else. Let's talk to Jimmy, who's in Conway. Jimmy, what's up, man? Up for the Top of the morning to you, fellas. Hey, I, I want to know uh, who who's going to be left standing to play receiver in the bowl game. And you know, I, I have a discussion with my buddies on this, but I want you guys' opinion. And I, I know which way you're probably going to go, but you know, I, I have a hard time uh, rooting for the other SEC schools because I think it doesn't help Arkansas if Alabama wins or. South Carolina wins because they can brag and get more recruits, or you know, it's a it's a feather in their cap. You know, I'd rather them lose because I don't like to see them win. I just I'm wonder, not cheering hey, for the on. devil, Jimmy. You think uh, you know when you're six and six, seven and five, maybe even eight and four? You mentioned I think South Carolina they finish eight and four, correct? Um, does that extra bowl win sway a, re- a recruit's decision? Say, I think in the past you're right, but I think now it's far more about well, what's the NIL deal? You know, oh yeah. I I just I, I hear what you're saying, um, and and I'm generally with you that I I don't really care if South Carolina wins their bowl game or not, but I just don't know that a recruit's making their decision based on the bowl the the bowl win or loss. It, it's definitely shifted, but what sounds yeah. better a nine and four South Carolina or six and seven? No, there's no question. You know. uh, I I don't know where that is now on the pecking order. We know that in talking with people jimmy that nil is a conversation that gets brought up pretty early on now (laughs) when the discussions are had um i've said before if that's the first question that's asked i'm out just in any job hiring if that's the first question out of a young man's mouth or a mom's mouth or dad's mouth or uncle's mouth i'm just like all right so you don't care about anything else except money that's the first thing out of your head Mm -hmm. and i don't know that's where i'm that's where i stand on that where do you stand jimmy well, I think it's sad, but it's just it's the way it is right now. So until they they change some rules up and grow some balls and tell these kids that's how it's going to be, it's not it's not going to change. They're going to go for the money. Well, that's understandable. You know, but I, I, I'm not going to cheering for the other SEC schools is like cheering for the devil because he's in the Bible. I'm not going to do it. Cheering for the devil okay. in the Bible. Thanks, especially, especially LSU, Jimmy. Yeah, it's you. a good quote, buddy. I, I appreciate that quote this morning. I think it depends. Like the regular season, right? You beat South Carolina. You actually want them to have a good season. You beat Ole Miss. You want them to have a good season. There are certain teams that if you beat, you don't want them to lose out because then that win doesn't look that good. But if you beat them and they still have a quality season like South Carolina has, like as we reflect back now on the Gamecocks, Pretty good football team. I didn't think they were, but they 
kind of rounded into form, beat Tennessee, beat Clemson. You're like, Are you suggesting they became better as the season went along? What a novel idea. You know, what a novel idea. I mean, we think we see something, and, well, this team's better than this. Well, this team changed from September to November. Which direction did Arkansas go from September to November? Backwards or down or wrong way. Maybe they stayed the same, you know. I mean, just did, did you get any better? And that, I think you can easily look at South Carolina and say, well, there's a team that got better. Now, sometimes it's your – do you look at Ole Miss and say they got worse? I don't think so. You look at Ole Miss and you say, well, their schedule was so soft up front, you didn't know. And then when they played the good teams in the second half of the schedule, you found out who they really were. I think we were fooled in the first half of their schedule based on who they played. I think that's a, a fair point. We kept, because you, you brought it, I remember you brought it up in like August. You were just looking at Ole Miss schedules like, I said, they're going to be 6-0, and 7-0, oh, and oh, and they're going to be in the top 10, and everybody's going to think they're going to win the West, and then they won't. And they fall off a cliff. One of Probably two things I was right about this year, but Ole Miss is exactly that. I mean, we play Troy and UCA and Georgia Tech and Tulsa, and you know, we we thought Kentucky would be good and that'd be their first test, but thought they could could win that game in Oxford. You know, Vanderbilt, Auburn, we weren't sure about them. I mean, LSU was the first quality opponent they played, and that was October twenty second. So, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes the schedule will fool you. Yeah, and I think it did. And Ole Miss's case. All right, Keetron Jackson, for those that haven't heard, has entered the transfer portal. Now, I personally love Keetron This is a little over the top. I love Keetron Jackson's. I was well, disappointed. I mean, come on. I was disappointed. <laughs> I, mean, I, I get that. I mean, because you thought maybe he was going to be your... Top receiver or number two the, receiver, but and this wasn't the guy. This well, the guy like saving your program. I mean, it's sixteen catches this year. I love Keetron Jackson, so Why? I was very dismayed that Why? he went out because Come I here. felt like every time he got the ball, he was going to make a play. He just didn't get the ball enough this year. Two hundred seventy-seven yards on sixteen catches. I, that's hard to fall in love with for me. Why wasn't he getting the ball more then? So he was throwing it to Jaden and Matt a lot. Which, Why was he doing that? I, I don't know what goes in the mind of Kendall Bryles and K.J. Jefferson. You're saying Keetron's not any good? Well, saying he saying wasn't going to be number one? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think these guys are competitors. They want to win. They throw it to they trust to who they think they can, can move the ball. So, I don't know. I don't I don't have the answer to that. I just know that uh, you're not, you know. You now not, have you lost your lose. top two wide receivers. I, get, I don't know where trade. Where Trey Knox is. Trey and Keytron are probably right neck and neck in terms of catches and yards or whatever. But Trey might have him beat a little bit. But you've now lost Jaden Hazelwood to the draft, Keytron Jackson in the portal. I don't know what who KJ is going to throw the ball to outside of Madden this bowl game. Yeah. Matt's going to have like 200 yards in this bowl game. I get. To, we need to get a better grit, grasp uh, and a good working list of all the, the the super seniors. You know they've had these exit meetings. They've had these yeah. discussions with everybody on the roster and. Kind of gave a, I guess, a thumbs up or thumbs down. And some of these guys are entering the portal. My guess is because they got a thumbs down and they're one on one with a coach coordinator, Sam Pittman, whoever. Uh, so they're moving on because they realize there's not an opportunity. It's mutually agreed upon or whatever. Told to leave more or less. Uh, but who are some of these guys that do have a COVID year that could come back and make a make a difference? Because you know you had five to play four until COVID hit. And now I lose track of all that. We got to get a kind of a working list of. Who could possibly come back and, and what impact they and, could have? And I also wonder, 
Coach isn't going to say this publicly, but who they actually want back. Right. Just because you have a COVID year. We were going to help them figure that out, who they wanted back. That was my point. We'll we'll tell you who needs to come back and and who doesn't. But, yeah, that's the big football news as of yesterday. You do have a basketball game tonight, another chance to play in front of your home crowd, Bud Walton Arena, playing the BOK Center on Saturday. Hopefully you can set the tone. Are we going to see a lineup shrink tonight? Are they still? Are we, is that not going to be till conference play? How long is it going to be until we see? If we see it, I, I guess that's the better question. Must kind of get to that seven eight rotation, or is it? Is this going to be a year that it changes? You need to be in a hurry. He throws it out. Well, I, I'm just wondering: Are we going to see it in conference play? Are we going to see it? And when are we going to see it? I think you got to feel your way through that game game by game still. I mean, 28th of December is three weeks away at this point, three weeks from tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And a bowl game, three weeks from tomorrow, I guess. Isn't that right? Yeah. Um, so I think you just got to feel your way. I think it's too early to worry about that. And these are games where you should. Now, you're talking about, you know, the first 25 or 30 minutes of the game. And who's who's how many players could end up with 15 or more minutes, I guess, is a kind of where you're driving at right now i still think that that's limited to eight maybe nine and and he said the other night nick smith jr has no minute restrictions at this point so what was it 20 24 20 some odd minutes he played uh against uh that's the wrong box as san jose i don't know where my box from yesterday went but it's 20 some odd minutes okay. that he played in that game does that creep into the 30s Basketball is back, and Bet Online is your number one source. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B L E A V. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Got the second all time meeting between Arkansas and UNC Greensboro tonight at six. Last time they played, it was Nolan Richardson's 500 career win. Oh, that's been and a while. There's a also connection. Uh, Ricky Council's older sister, uh, Rihanna, played at UNC Greensboro for, I think she played at St. Bonnie and then at UNC Greensboro. So I saw that connection when they put that out in the game notes. Football news. Keytron Jackson entered his name in the transfer portal yesterday. You also got a commit from Nicholas Braun, a kid out of Florida. I think he's 6'5", if I remember that right. Sam Pittman recruited him while he was at Georgia. What do you think the significance is of the Keytron Jackson move? Well, I mean, it's not good. I mean, you you, you know, he was someone that, as we discussed earlier, could possibly have been your top wide receiver the following year. My my thought is, you know, you look at his stats, what was it, 16 catches, less than 300 yards for the year? There's probably your answer. Um, so, I, you know, I would be interested to, to see what the conversation was between, you know, him and Kendall Bryles or him and Sam Pittman and, and kind of what that interview went like. Mm-hmm. That probably, you know, they feel like this is the guy that can, can run their uh, wide receivers next year. I hope they don't because if they do, they just lost this guy to the portal. Well, the reason I bring that up is because – Sam Pittman mentioned Keytron Jackson 
when it came to the slot position mm-hmm. with Jaden Hazelwood. So that's why I don't know. I can't 100% tell you it's unexpected, but the fact that he mentioned him by name makes me think that well, they might have been caught off guard a little bit. Per- perhaps. Um, he's from Texas, right? Royce City, Texas. Royce, you know, maybe there's maybe there's something back closer to home that makes more sense for him. And listen, the, the NIL factor is still a much bigger deal than we all probably give it weight for. I mean, um, you know, another school has made this promise or made that statement or, or led him to believe. I, I, I don't know that that's happening. I'm just saying I'm generalizing that the NIL is a bigger factor in the transfer portal, not with just Keytron's situation in general. Mm-hmm. So um, that may be a part of it. I think there's just things we don't factor in because they don't go into the normal calculus of why things happen in sports. It's because it's changed with, with NIL. And, you know, I, I think when you when you don't really understand, that might be the answer sometimes. Yeah, I, I think you're on to something there. All right, keeping your hog update going, Ricky Council is the SEC Player of the Week. Here's Coach Musselman on how what he's been as of late. Ricky's played great. I'm, I'm glad that he got the individual honor. We all know how many talented players are in this conference. He's had a great start to the year. We all see what he's doing defensively. He's He's been a great teammate. We've seen him in a scoring role. We've seen him in a facilitator role. Ricky's been far superior than I think any of one of us anticipated. I don't even know the coaching staff saw his ceiling to this point with Nick Smith Jr. out for a good duration of the, the season thus point. He and Anthony Black have really stepped up, and he's been awesome. Speaking of awards, AP awards are out for all conference. Rocket Sanders, Ricky Stromberg, and Drew Sanders are first team, and you've got Dalton Wagner and Bo Limmer are second team. First time, Tommy, since 2011 that Arkansas has had three all first team selections from the AP. And this is the one that matters. We were talking earlier, some other list that had come out. And I think sometimes the the ones that matter most, the AP, the football writers, the coaches selections, those are the ones that should carry the most weight. And everybody in the world seems to have an all SEC list. This is the one that uh, I put a little more weight in, this and the coaches selections. So good to see these guys on it. Speaking of the AP, Mike Neighbors and the, you, say, you can't say ladybacks anymore. Is it just lady, what do you say, Razorback women's basketball team? Arkansas proper, Razorback, Razorback women's basketball okay, team. Proper way to say it. 21 in the latest AP poll the in, those, in, the, in, the, in the rankings that came out. And the last thing, if you're a betting person and you think Arkansas is going to win this game, as of, I think, yesterday, Bet Saracen had the bowl games, and Arkansas is a four-and-a-half-point favorite against the Kansas Jayhawks in the upcoming Liberty Bowl. All right, so uh, these be interesting to see how these lines move, not just maybe in Arkansas, but any of these games as we get more and more details about who will and won't play. I, I think you got to be careful about getting on that bet Saracen app and betting early in the bowls. I think you got to wait closer to game time to really see who's going to go. And that's going to do it for your hog update. It is brought to you by Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888 sparky Let's talk to Charlie, who is in Camden this morning. Charlie, go ahead, man. You're on the morning rush. Good. Oh, can you guys hear me good? We can hear you. All right. Well, Tommy... I'm starting to catch on to some of this wisdom from you, man. I'm taking it. I'm taking it in. I know Todd has. He even said last week how you were going to so He's trying to wait. I'm oh, man. Here, uh, Charlie's giving me some praises, and his cell phone's breaking up. I think Ty's behind this, too, isn't he? My booty. Well, oh, yeah, I can't do that, Charlie. 
They've got to help you all out in Camden. Good grief, man. Need some cell phone service down there. Let's go down there and build a tower or something, yeah. What was he What was he saying? I think how was smart it? I was. Some, something about how smart and good-looking I was. And I sounded taller on the radio. Something along those lines, I think, is exactly what Charlie was trying to tell the world. So, If that's what you want to believe, you can believe that's that. That's what it sounded like to me through all the static and garble there. You know, that's... Charlie may call back and enlighten us on exactly what he was saying. This needs a better connection, yeah, I guess. Yeah, so, so, I don't really know where to go from yeah. there. You're driving the show, okay. so you want me to just make it no, up? No, I'll, I'll, I'll take yeah. it from here, I guess. I'm, I'm just taken aback by those comments, if you will. Uh, it's National Microwave Charlie's Day. Charlie's clearly a man of wisdom. So. Uh, that's not what I've heard. Uh, National Microwave Day. Mm-hmm. Are you a fan of the stovetop, the oven, the microwave, or the air fryer um, when it comes to heating up leftovers? Heating up leftovers. I mean, the microwave's the easiest. The air fryer's probably underrated. But it, it depends on what it is. I mean, if you got the time, like if you got leftover pizza... Put it in the oven. That's the way to really heat it up. I don't have an air fryer, but you, you, you and one. the kids swear by it, right? Well, the kid, yeah. I like it because the kids makes it easy. It's just a countertop oven. That's all it is. For a single man, a single man doesn't have an air fryer. I'm telling you, man. I do stovetop chicken four times a week. I'm basic. I Boring. do a smoothie during lunch and stovetop chicken the other three or four times a week. And then I eat whatever on the weekends. Didn't I see you wolfing down some Fish City Grill in here? That didn't look like a smoothie the other day to me. Let's do, let's do the math. How many days are there in a week? There's five. Like smoothie what did I all. just say? Three or four times a week smoothie, three or four times a week stovetop. That's hard. <laughs> Fridays are the weekend, so those don't, you don't have to be healthy Fridays on that. The weekend, yeah. Still at the point where I don't have to worry about eating healthy every single day. That, that dark day is coming at some point based on the, the people I've talked ah, to. So. Get you an air fryer, man. It, 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 uh, it's worth the money. Well, they're not expensive. I mean, they're 50 bucks or less. I mean, you can, go, you can find a it's good... It's half my salary. Whatever. But, Just uh, scraping away to gas money and like pay the electricity I'll bill. take you up on that. First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Start out with something hot. Keytron Jackson hits the portal as of yesterday. I kind of thought he was going to be the number one wide receiver heading into this next season. Evidently not. Kind of your thoughts on the move. Hey, good morning, everybody. Yeah, I'm not sure Keytron's thought process there, and that's probably one that the Razorback coaches uh, would like to talk to him about and say, hey, man, your role's going up. But maybe Keytron felt like, as uh, the top recruit in the class a couple years ago, that his star would have already gone up by now. Um, you know, it, it was a it was a good receiving core. Um, the fact that Jaden Hazelwood and Matt Landers and Warren Thompson had already had, you know, I mean, they were veterans and had bigger numbers in their careers. Um, and Keytron played a more secondary role to those guys um, when he was at his best. I mean, the touchdown against Texas A&M, he had a touchdown against Ole Miss on a just a great catch. So we know what his 
his upper ceiling is like. We know he's a physical guy, and I can't but help but think he could have been the top receiver next year. Maybe he felt like things were trending in a different direction, and younger guys like Satania and Mbake and maybe some other guys he felt like he were coming through the portal. Uh, so you don't know what all the motivations are, but perhaps he feels like he can go somewhere else and, and get more targets. I mean, here's the, here's the truth of today's football. And it's happening in the NFL as well. Uh, there's more run, running going on, uh, and teams understand they have to have more balance and have to be able to run in short yardage situations and, and not have to chunk it around all the time. And receivers are going to be called on the block. And he's, he's a good one there. So it's a loss for the Razorbacks for certain. Tom, you kind of brought up the coaching angle. I heard Coach Pittman talking about losing Jaden to the draft. Keytron was going to fill into that role. Do you think the coaching staff was caught off guard? By this move, well, it's tough to say. Maybe, maybe he had expressed some uh, concerns or whatever to him, and Sam felt compelled to say, "We're moving him to the slot," like as a as a gesture of this is a good move for you. Maybe Keytron did not want to be in the slot. I don't know all the ins and outs of it. Um, so I would like to think that Kenny Guyton and Sam Pittman have, have talked to him about, hey, man, your role's going up. And, and I don't know if, if things are going to change or what, but, um, you know, he seemed like a great kid. We talked to him several times during the course of his two years. And, um, you know, you don't, you don't like to lose guys who are considered your top signee in, in certain classes. How much is NIL, in your opinion, I know we can't put a, a number on it or percentage, but what role is NIL playing in all of these guys going into the portal and what was 600 or so entered on day one? Where's NIL's role on uh, on all of this? Wow. Well, you know, it's a factor, and I guess it's not talked about openly a lot. I mean, certain coaches and some of the biggest in the business have hinted about what, what the game is turning into with that. Um, but I can't help but think that, you know, they hear through various channels, hey, you got X amount waiting for you here if you transfer to this school. And we know that a lot of this stuff, is, is being done or talked about, contemplated, you know, basically as soon as the portal opens, there's stuff going on. So, I mean, hey, uh, was it Lane Kiffin who called or, and Nick Saban free agency? Well, that's kind of what it feels like now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you just wonder about all the other ripples, you know, from your APR score and how many guys leave eligible to, you know, what becomes a bowl rosters and the significance of, you know, you just look at the Liberty Bowl and, you know, who is Arkansas going to have available? I guess we'll find out together in the coming weeks, but um, the, the ripples off of, of what they've done with the portal and NIL and all of this, uh, starting to see the consequences of it. Yes, we are, and some would call it, like oldsters might call it, collateral damage, you know, <laughs> and put it in a negative context. But think about this, Tommy. Uh, Ty might not remember, but hey, Freshmen couldn't play up until the 1970s. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact year. 72, I think. 72. Like, you signed as a freshman. You didn't play. I mean, and, and in a way, there's a, a process of getting bigger, um, getting, you know, getting your school stuff situated and learning the college way of life. And then you came in as a sophomore. Well, that went away. And then, you know, then the draft rules changed. But – the, the rapidity of the change right now is is slightly alarming to, to you know, traditionalists, I would say. Um, and also, the changes are in, in coming in ways that 
maybe not be good for the game. I mean, yeah. when I hear talk of player unions in college, it makes me sick because I don't, I don't like the sound of that. But who knows that we may be heading that way. Yeah, and I, See, the APR score matters anymore for, for your program. What, 925 is the benchmark. You know, it, the, the, the retention point and the eligibility point. And I wonder how all of this factors with so much movement around the sport because you obviously lose the retention point. I, I just wonder what mm-hmm. the effect of that's going to be on programs. It's not just an Arkansas thing. It's, it's across the board. Right, Tommy. Well, I think the obvious answer right there is the NCAA is having to change uh, at such a, a pace to keep up with everything, and they will have to change the way they determine that because everybody's doing it. You know, there's not some pristine school out there that retains all their players. And players are leaving all kinds of schools. Um, and, <laughs> you know, if you're not going to start having lower scores for everybody, you're going to have to change the way they they do those determinations. And, um, you know, of all the committees and uh, boards and stuff they have at the NCAA, um some some board's going to have to come together to make the adjustments there as well. And I bring that up because, as as we know, and someone in the audience may not know, that your APR score, if it's below the benchmark, what, three years or so many so many years in a row, your sport can be withheld from the postseason. And I look at Eric Musman's program, you know, uh, you know, only two returning players on, on, on their roster, you know, and you feel like there's going to be more turnover because of the quality of players. You, you just look at this football situation, at some point – you know, star programs are going to be on that list of, hey, you're not eligible for the NCAA tournament. You're not eligible for a bowl game because of APR, because of all this portal stuff. Yeah, but you know that every school's, um, the uh, academic, the um, uh, eligibility side of it is working to keep all those guys eligible, you know. So, <laughs> uh, but but that does place a premium on that as well, as long as the current standards are in place. I would uh, highly recommend if you're about to attend college, knowing an athlete and getting the quote unquote athletes' notes. They're uh, they're very vital when it comes to tests. We're talking with Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hog Sports. Oh. Here this one. I'm just being honest, man. Personal experience. Uh, let's shift it up to basketball. Nick Smith being back. There's been a lot of hype surrounding this young man. Number one college prospect in the country. Didn't have a great first game. A lot better in the second game. How much is his presence going to impact this team moving forward, Tom? Well, it's good that he's getting this playing time in now before conference play starts, even though we're, we're zooming right toward it, because you can see how it changed the dynamics of substitution. I mean, Eric Musselman flat out admitted, like, wow, uh, he was uh, discombobulated in the last game with his substitution. And, you know, San Jose State hung with Arkansas for a while, but they just did not have the depth of roster. And uh, Arkansas really turned it on in the second half of that game. So, you know, there's a feel-good aspect to, okay, we had a great second half. You know, Nick Smith didn't play a ton in the second half. But you can see he's got a silky smooth game. Uh, he's got a nice floater, like floating bank shots and the full variety. Um, he's going to cause defenses to play a little bit differently, which will open things up for other players as well. Uh, not shy to shoot, but that's the way scorers and, and guys of his – skill set are not afraid to shoot uh nice that he hit a three-pointer with his his first field goal um but yeah it's going to change things and um guys like devo who did not score in the last game are going to have to find their ways to contribute uh distributing and then i I think his dribble drives are 
and in transition are some of his best, and obviously defense, uh, but is where he's going to have to contribute as well. But, man, when you look at the different ways they can score, counsel, the, the one-on-one stuff he did late in the Troy game was just remarkable. And now you've got a guy who can score from the, the perimeter, the wings, and, and drive as well. So a lot of talent here. I think when you talk about guards with Razorback basketball, everyone goes straight to Todd Day and Lee Mayberry. Now, I know there's others, but when you think about duos, that's what people point to. Tom, this team's got a trio. How does that cohesion work with Black, Council, and Smith as they continue to figure that out moving forward? And Sidney Moncrief <laughs> and Ron Brewer yeah. and the triplets. Um, <clears throat> you know, that's, that's the question that, we're going to have to see resolved. I mean, they have what they do in practice, but when it comes down to the game time, we're going to have to see that work out. I mean, Anthony Black, think about without his big scoring and, and all his contributions in Hawaii, what, what might have happened. So now with Nick Smith, a guy who's going to handle the ball a good amount, um, Anthony Black has to find ways to play off of that as well. So it's just going to be a work in progress. But, but the one thing I think Razorback fans should take heart in is we know that Razorback teams under Musselman have found ways to do that and peak at the right time. And so, in other words, you know, sit back, enjoy the show. There's going to be some bumps along the way as Nick Smith transitions to a, a stronger and stronger role and what it means for the other guys. But I, I, think, we can, I think we can say that you know, it's going to work itself out in a in a proper way for the Razorbacks. You brought up Delph, Moncrief, and Ron Brewer. I mean, that's a that's a legendary hog players right there. So, what does this unit have to do? Those three guys to are they can they ever get to that point? Is it a Final Four? Like what what, what do those three well, they guards play long have to enough do? to get to that point? <laughs> that was my response, Tommy. Dare I say, stick together for a while? Yeah, I mean. Mm-hmm. I mean, this year could be a fantastic year if if they if they shoot well in big games, if they defend well. Um, <clears throat> but it, this is going to be a brief time period with this trio, y'all. I mean, we just have to face the facts. That's the modern game. Enjoy the year. Um, hey, the, mm-hmm. the first net rankings came out. Arkansas was twenty fifth, I think, fifth in the SEC. Uh, what were your overall th- thoughts about Arkansas's ranking, and then uh, just kind of where things are amongst the conference and then nationally? Yeah, um, strength of schedule, obviously, you know, I think San Jose was picked very near the bottom of their, their league. Um, and Louisville is, is like an albatross right now. Louisville, Louisville's that, uh, you know, going back to COVID, Louisville's that, that program that's got COVID. And now, now everybody's trying to figure out whether they were around them or not. And was I within 15 feet of Louisville for more than, was, was I within eight feet for 15 minutes of Louisville? That's what everybody's trying uh, to figure out because Louisville is third for, they're 361 or something like that. Third from the bottom. Uh, it's an amazement to me, Tom, that Arkansas is even 25, even though they beat Louisville, just they were, within, they, we were within, uh, 50, we were around there for more than 15 minutes within six feet. We got a problem. We played Louisville, you know? Yeah. I actually kind of feel bad for them. Their first three losses were by one point against, you know, lower level teams all at home, one point, And then they go to Hawaii and Holy smokes, they got shellacked in all three games. Um, it's not going well. And you know, the negativity that can surround the program, especially one that, uh, the fans and boosters feel like they should be a national contender every year. So, um, I'm, I'm glad I'm not covering that situation, but yeah, um, they need to win some games to help <laughs> Arkansas's net recover. I don't know if we can count on that, but, uh, 
I think Arkansas, by virtue of the, you just look at the the teams that are ahead of them, and I didn't expect Mississippi State to be uh, like number five. I mean, we talk about all the great teams, Tennessee and Auburn and Bama and Arkansas and Kentucky, and uh, I don't remember Mississippi State entering a lot of those conversations, but they're they're there in the net rankings right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think aren't they still undefeated? And they're yeah. pl- they're playing really good defense, so it, it it will all shake out. And I know the net have a big impact on NCAA tournament bids, but um. I think these things will shake out, and you know, when you think of the the really good teams in the SEC, <clears throat> there's going to be some teams that lose games. I mean, Auburn came here number one and lost a thriller to, to Arkansas, and Arkansas is going to have a target on its back all season. All right. What's the one place you're going to make sure you eat while in Memphis? Oh, I have not thought that through, Tommy. Oh. I think you guys think about food more than me. Well. Um, but That's the, the first thing, the Ty. Media. When Ty's selecting a bowl site or a NCAA pod that he'd like to be in, it, it's always about, well, they got good ribs up there in Kansas City. That's why he wants to go to Kansas City. I heard that. Well, I know Rendezvous is right around the corner from the media hotel, so that's that's a walking <laughs> distance. So we'll probably check that one off our list. That's always a good one. All right, Tom, we'll talk to you later this week on Thursday. All right, sounds good, guys. See you. All right, Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat. Is that Tuesdays and Thursdays? Here on the Morning Rush. Friday's coming, and that's the first day of racing at Oakland. It's going to be a big day. They'll have the, uh, the corned beef sandwiches back out. It's going to be a cool day. Hopefully, the weather's going to be good, but they got plenty of indoor space for you to watch and enjoy all the racing. And even if you can't go, you need the Oakland Anywhere app. It's the best way, even if you're at the races. Use your phone. You don't have to hurry to the window. You don't have to worry about cashing your ticket uh, it's the new way of doing things. Ty, you always talk about the new way. The, you know, the, here, here's the here's the way that the young people are doing it. Well, you know, the the, the Oakline people. Anywhere app is the way to go. And right now, if you sign up and use the promo code Rush twenty three, Rush two three, you're gonna get a hundred and fifty dollars sign up bonus right now. And you can watch and wager on horse racing not only at Oakline but basically every track around the country on your smartphone, your tablet, your personal computer. You get free pass performances, free access to valuable handicapping selections. So you don't have to buy all the tip sheets you may have bought in the past. Uh, We'll have Lane Whitman back on on Fridays. We'll talk about some racing coming up. uh, uh, They'll have racing, of course, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday through May the 6th. Opening weekend stakes races. Friday, there's the $150,000 Advent stakes, and then on Saturday, the mistletoe stakes, 150000 and the ring the bell stakes as well. So big weekend of racing. It all gets going. Friday, December the 9th, they'll race every weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, except Christmas and Easter weekend at Oakland. Get the Oakland Anywhere app online or at oaklawnanywhere.com. Let's go a little north of us, talk to Cody, who is in Benville. Cody, go ahead, man. You're on the morning rush. Hey. Hey, good morning, Ty. Good morning, Tommy. I haven't really spoken to you a whole lot on this segment, but uh hope you guys are doing well. Thank you, Cody. Yeah, hey, Tommy, I have a question for you. Uh, no disrespect, Ty. I appreciate your takes. But, uh, Tommy, and it's a different time now in college athletics, definitely in football, and there's a problem because you've got so many players, right, that play both sides of the ball. So it's almost hard for a school like us to get relevant in NIL and – things like that to stay competitive, man, honestly, Tommy, you, you, you can think high level. You can figure things out better than a lot of us. Uh, we just have heart and passion towards the team that we support. What do we do, man? Like, how do we stay relevant in this time? Like you see these other schools hiring these coaches, you see money pouring in to these programs. You know, we can make fun of A&M all we want, but they're at least going to do their best to try to keep mm-hmm. the crop 
or the field or the players and stuff like that um, support it to where they're in the. But they won't give Jimbo eighty five million to take a walk. <laughs> so, right, well, I mean, who could? Yeah, who could? So what I'm asking you to do for us, Tommy, is, man, can you give us some kind of like rundown or maybe strategy what we're going to do going forward? Because let's be honest, Keychon Jackson, that's a huge hit to us, and mm-hmm. Pittman's a great guy, and our I love our play. I called in about Sanders and all that, but. That was just a take about thinking outside the box and trying to stay relevant. At this point, what does the Arkansas football program do to compete? Because Texas and Oklahoma are coming to the SEC, guys. Yeah. Like, it's not going to get easier. Yeah, Texas isn't so, short on money. OU's got plenty of money. Yeah. No, that's it's a good question because I think we all point to Benton County and we think, well, you should go get some of that Walmart money, some of that Tyson money. You know, the Hunt family has helped, and mainly their focus has been basketball. Um, but with, with a collective, but I mean, they, they're helping, but I think we all, I, I don't think we realize, um, the amount of money it takes. I mean, what was Auburn's the reported number 10 or $11, 11. million dollars in their collective? Um, I don't think it's the, the 30 or $40 million we hear in other places, you know, and A&M talking about all the money they're going to give their, their linemen and all of these things. But I think Arkansas, Cody, to, to be competitive with players, just from the NIL perspective, I think you've got to be able to put a group and a large, broad group of people that are willing to contribute significantly. I mean, I think it, you know, your goal should be somewhere around $10 million a year you have available to, air quotes, reward your athletes with NIL deals. Now, you're not, I don't think you're going to get even a Walton to just give you $10 million a year. What's the, here's the problem I've always had with this where's the return on the investment? Everybody said, well, they've got it. Well, it's easy to spend they've someone else's it. money. <laughs> the Waltons, they've got it. Well, sure, they've got it, but you're not going to get it. So that that's always been my issue is, well, yeah, they've got it, but how are you going to get it? So where's the re- any smart businessman is going to ask, how do I come out on the other end better? And I think it's just going to be hard. You know, you're going to have to go to a lot of places and ask a lot of people. And then collectively, that's why they call them collectives in a lot of ways, put that money together, Ty, to make it work. Why, why can't we just have a rich benefactor that has the Saudis mindset and just continuously lose money yeah. on something just because they want to do it? No, that's, I mean, that's exactly what you need. But that's, you know, I need to win the Powerball too. But, Cody, I think we can compete for coaches' salaries. I think you can compete on – the, the the assistant pool the nil deal I, I'm I'm gonna wait and basketball, see basketball baseball you're in a great spot football mm-hmm. you're behind and I coach Pittman he'd tell you that too at Joshua's Fine Jewelry we specialize in getting you exactly what you want custom jewelry professional repairs we can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine we can mark any shape or design you need company logos fingerprints religious symbols even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever we can also engrave on other materials glass wood plastic just ask you can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. 
And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. Have you tried Binville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Binville Brewing. The Heisman Trophy finalists announced yesterday, Georgia quarterback Stetson Bennett, who was in Arkansas last night as he won the Burlesworth Trophy, TCU quarterback Max Duggan, Ohio State QB C.J. Stroud, and then USC quarterback Caleb Williams. Who should win the Heisman Trophy? Does not have to be on this list. Would you say this is more open than what, I mean, as far as four guys and you can make a case for all four, then you really don't have a clue who's actually going to have their name called. Would you say this is probably the most suspenseful? We've had years. Yeah, because let's look Not at it. Not open and shut. Let's look at it. Caleb Williams, he's injured. They lose the Pac-12 championship. C.J. Stroud and company get blown out by their rival in the mm-hmm. last game we've seen them play. Max Duggan, they lose in the Big 12 championship. And Stetson, I some people disagree. I think he's a mobile Greg McElroy. I think he's a mobile Greg McElroy. I Is think that he, a compliment or an insult? No. Sure. It, uh, <laughs> some people think he's... Are you saying he's incredible. a bus driver? I think he's more of a game manager. All right. I would like to see Stetson Bennett win it. I think that'd be a cool story to go from walk-on to yeah, Heisman Trophy winner. I have no issue with that. And if he's not going to win it, I'd like to see Max Duggan. I, but I, I'm rooting kind of for underdogs here. So I guess in the end, would, would the TCU quarterback be the most... The, the the most underdog you put him in the in the uh, in that role more than I mean the other guys are playing at Georgia and Ohio State and USC he's at TCU he's from I think Council Bluffs Iowa I think is where he's from casino there too. is there that's right across from Omaha, Omaha right yeah. I believe yeah. that's where he's where from. you stay sometimes you stay at the casino rather than uh, over in Omaha yeah I don't have an issue with that take Tommy but I mean, but I'm I, I'm a guy that roots for the underdog. So I just think Hinton Hooker should be there, even if he doesn't win. I, I want you not. to I want you to listen to this. Compared to Stetson Bennett, Hooker has a twenty-seven to two touchdown and interception ratio. Stetson's twenty to six. Hooker has two hundred eighty-five passing yards per game this season. Stetson at two sixty-three. He had a passer rating which was second in the country of one hundred seventy-five, and he also had four hundred thirty rushing yards. Hannon Hooker should be in New York. And he didn't play, what, the last three games? Got injured against South Carolina, and I think they just had Mandy after that, right? What's the schedule say? Yeah, that'd be the second to last. Yeah. So he missed half the South Carolina game or a little more in the first half, and then he didn't play the conference title game. So you, so you, you really missed three weeks well, because I think you win or you, you got to have a good season and then you got to have a great last two regular weeks. Tennessee schedule doesn't set up against great opponents. That didn't help him. He was injured. That didn't help him. And you're not in the conference championship game. Didn't help you. So you get you get lapped by the other guys. I hear what you're saying about Hinton and Hooker's numbers, but you're out of sight, out of mind. And I, a lot of these ballots get decided. I mean, I was with Clay this week. He came over and had breakfast. He was getting ready to finish up his 
ballot and go send it in on Sunday. I mean, the decisions are generally made, you know, after the conference title. When, when you're out of sight, out of mind, you're, you're, you're just getting lapped. Did he tell you how he voted? I didn't even ask. Okay. I'd be curious when we talked to him. I don't know if he can reveal it prior to the presentation, but if he's willing to be forthcoming about that. I don't know what the rules on that are. I'd actually be curious. Pretty sure it he, wasn't Malik Hornsby. I'm, I'm I'd, fairly, I think it's a good guess. fairly sure. I, when I look at Heisman Trophy, I look at Heisman Trophy moments. Stetson has been good all season, but I, I don't think there's a game where it's like he won you that game. Maybe there, maybe I haven't watched enough Georgia this year. TCU and Max Duggan, he had the drive against Baylor, so I would give him that. Stroud, I think they had a, a good drive against Penn State that kind of sealed the deal. Caleb Williams, meh. I mean, they got blown out by Utah in the Pac-12 championship game. They also lost them in Salt Lake City. This, this Heisman Trophy, I look forward to this every single year. I think it's a dud on Saturday Well, this night. is where a defensive guy, if you just had a standout year, Maybe you're in this year. Maybe Good a point. defensive guy could have gotten in this year because there isn't, like you said, this would have been a great another year where I, who's the running back that should be would have been, highly It would have been Blake touted. Corum if he hadn't gotten injured yeah. like you talked about. But it's, you, you brought up a good point. I, I mean, there's, there's, it, it, open, this is an open field here for, for non-quarterbacks to win it. And no, one, no one sees the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is a, I, mean, I hear what you're saying about Hooker, but Tennessee schedule... And not getting to, just out of sight, out of mind. But hey, was there a better game and a better moment than what occurred in Knoxville the third weekend of October? If you can remember that far back, yeah. A better Heisman <laughs> Trophy m- moment than what Hilker was able to do in the final waning seconds of that game, put them in field goal range and beat a team they had not beat since 2006. I don't think there's a what? better moment all year than I agree, that moment. But, you know, that seems like a, a lifetime ago. And I'm not a Tennessee fan, but that's... I, I don't know. I don't think Stetson. Sounds I don't like think Max. I don't think any of these guys have a Heisman Trophy moment that is better than that one. All right, that's your Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Who should win the Heisman? Red River Dodge and Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at RedRiverDodge.com. Any idea what Bruce Stan thinks about this, Tommy? Oh, I don't know. Let's in. ask him. Uh, do you think Hendon Hooker should, should be uh, getting up there and getting the Heisman Trophy? Well, it, it's hard to be objective. I mean, I I definitely have been my top three. I I really admire the TCU quarterback after watching the beat he took and how he kept performing uh, in a losing effort on Saturday. Uh, he's something else. But I, I agree with Ty. I mean, when you look at a singular Heisman moment, uh, despite you know Tommy, what you say, out of sight, out of mind. I mean, that, there there wasn't a bigger moment than those last two passes after. Uh, Alabama missed its uh, record, missed the field goal, and got Tennessee down there where they could win that epic game. Uh, but you know, Tennessee fans kind of got orange cloud in their head. We, we were kind of biased, and that's what we think. But it's a it's an interesting year with all the injuries and losses yeah. uh, late in the year. I wonder if voters would have been swayed if South Carolina, even if even with Hendon Hooker's injury in the South Carolina game, if they if they end up winning that game. I mean, well, does that sway? Does that sway the the mind of the voter any? Because I don't think the Vanderbilt game, unless you lose, changes anything. I don't think you get any bonus points for beating Vanderbilt. Is does that would that have changed the mind of of, of any voters if they even went, even after the injury went on to win the game? Well, I think it has to. If you're out there and you throw for three or four hundred on Vandy and just put another big game up there, 
that that's what's in the in, you know as you look at all the highlights of the weekend, that's what you see. So I, I think it I think it does play, and I think the committee, you know, from what we can tell, not that Tennessee should have been ahead of Alabama, but you know the the health of certain players I think weighs on their mind. You know, is this team the same team it was uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Uh, because of injuries, and you know, I, I think it does uh, enter into the equation. Yeah, I think it absolutely, unequivocally does. If if Hinton Hooker had not torn his ACL, there's no chance Tennessee's below Alabama. I don't think there's any way, shape, or form. And Milton's well, a very well, capable backup quarterback, but he's he's still not Hooker. Look, let's just put it this way. You know, let's let's put it in perspective for Arkansas fans. Is is Arkansas ranked five points higher with Nick Smith? On the roster or not on the roster, in everybody's mind. Uh, yeah, higher. Even though they didn't look bad without him, it looked actually pretty no, good. But he's still. But but, but they are a higher rate team with their perceived best player. Correct. Correct. Okay, so same thing. You're just naturally not going to be perceived as high when your best player isn't playing. I was glad uh, Hooker got the AP Player of the Year. That he deserved that for the SEC. So he'll get some accolades this year. So you bring up Nick Smith, Bruce. We do get a chance to see him again in action, his third game tonight, UNC Greensboro. That game is going to be at 6 o'clock right here on ESPN Arkansas at hitthatline.com. We'll have pregame coverage beginning at 5.30. Really good piece in Jeff Brazillo's article on ESPN.com last week talking about Arkansas has been this good without Nick Smith. Now you're adding the number one college prospect in the country to this team what have you thought about this Razorback basketball team to this point? Well, I mean, the first thing, you know, everybody knows who Ricky Council the fourth is, probably why he's named Ricky Council the fourth, but the guy's a player. I mean, he's a scorer. I think that's been a, one of the bigger surprises. I think uh, that everybody know uh, that Black was going to be a player. These other diaper dandies were going to be players. I, I think so, but. I don't think anybody had any idea Ricky Council would be the consistent uh, scorer uh, and player that he is. So now that you see that, you know, added the equation with Nick Smith and Black and the other diaper dandies, you know, you get Johnson playing key key minutes at the end of games. You're really seeing something special could happen here. If you're Greg Marshall... are yeah. you are you scratching your head and wondering? Well, Greg Marshall had been coaching at uh, Wichita State for three years. He they fired. Him. <laughs> Who's their coach then now? I've, I... <laughs> One of their assistants took his place. But yeah, uh, my our former pastor at Eastside Baptist to Fort Smith, Rick Gehring's probably the biggest Wichita State fan I know, and he's he's been sick all year seeing uh, Council play for the Hogs. He knew what was going to happen, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I think everybody else is starting to see it. I think A.B., Anthony Black's probably been the most surprised to me. I thought he was going to be a good player, but with Nick out these first few games, he really took over in stretches. And him and Nick, the thing about that, I was wondering, how's this point guard combo guard thing going to work? They love playing together. And I think that's attributed to the McDonald's All-American game, the recruitment Nick seemed to win under with Anthony to get him to come to Arkansas. There seems to be a chemistry there, and Jordan additionally with that, that you don't often you don't necessarily have with freshmen. The fact they played on the same team, I think, is a big part of why they're going to be really, really tough this year, especially when it comes to that team aspect. 
Well, just the, the big thing with Nick playing is where are the minutes going to come from and how's everybody going to handle it. And, uh, you know, whether it's Devo or whoever, there are minutes coming from somebody and, and they're having to deal with that. I mean, you want your best player on the floor, but there was some continuity to how they started the season. People were overachieving or achieving in ways people didn't expect them to. And now you're just, you know, you add that mega player to the mix and it affects everybody and it affects shots. It affects minutes in the rotation. It affects who covers who. And, you know, if, if they got that chemistry like we all think they do, they're going to be fine. But it, it takes some settling out, you know. The initial net rankings came out, the very first one. Arkansas is 25th in these rankings. Eight games in, they've played two quadrant one games. Hawaii's clearly helped. The loss to Louisville isn't helping. They're third from the bottom in this thing. Like, they're 0-8. And, and, I mean, when I say, I mean, as bad as they're it bad. can get. As bad as they're it can bad. get. Terrible. Um, but Arkansas, 25th in the net rankings. What, is it nine now in the poll that they moved up mm-hmm. yesterday? So, um, obviously a disparity, but Arkansas is about 20 places higher than where they started last year, even undefeated. So kind of where do you equate Arkansas nationally and in the SEC? And by the way, uh, your Tennessee team uh, is at the top of the list in the, uh, in the SEC and one of the best in the country. So let me scroll back down and see where their national ranking was. But uh, a little bit of a surprise at the top. Uh, Tennessee is number four in the country, Mississippi State number five, Alabama eight, and Auburn 21. Well, you know, those teams have, a lot of them have big wins. Alabama beat number one North Carolina. Tennessee beat defending national champion Kansas uh, down the Bahamas in in the championship of that tournament, and it wasn't a close game. I mean, I don't know if Kansas just ran out of gas after three days. Tennessee hit its stride, but it it was not a close game. So, you know, when you look at games like that uh, and you're the media, uh, you're doing the rankings and you're looking at power rankings. You, you, it, it weights heavily when you beat teams that are ranked number one and ranked number three. And uh, you know, I, I think that's good for the conference. It's good for Arkansas because you know Arkansas's got Tennessee, Arkansas's got Alabama, Kentucky on the schedule, and Mississippi State twice. And you know, you win those games and you're going to reap the benefits of it. So, you know, it's early in the year. Tennessee's got a very experienced team. They don't have diaper dandies like Arkansas and Kentucky. They're doing it with seniors and four-year players. And, you know, that's, that's kind of how they do things. And uh, it's going to be experience versus talent. And, you know, sometimes experience wins when it's a home game. And sometimes on a road game or a neutral court, that uh, talent takes over like, a, like an NCAA tournament environment. So, Kentucky uh, is forty uh, second in the net ranking. They're six and two. They've got losses to Gonzaga and to Michigan State. They are uh, in quadrant one games, zero and one. Quadrant two, zero and one as well. So they've uh, their six wins have been against quad three and fours. Um, what what should we think yeah, about Kentucky right they, now? I mean, I mean they beat Michigan Sunday. I watched some yeah. of that game. It was close, uh, but it, they won. Seaways. Uh, you know, obviously an amazing player. I think just a lot of their players around him, uh, Severe Wheeler's back. This, they just, I don't know. They don't, they don't look like they're totally gelling. But you know, losing to Gonzaga and Michigan State, there's a lot of a lot of teams that are going to do yeah. that. So I think uh, you know, you roll up at Rupp, you're you're going to have your hands full. It doesn't matter who you are. 
We we had a good question asked to us earlier. It was either Jr. or Jimmy. I can't remember. Not cheering for SEC teams. And I said this yesterday. You want Kentucky to have a good non-conference slate. You want Tennessee. You want Alabama. You want these teams that you're going to be playing in conference to look even better resume-wise against you. And, Tommy, I think we, we were talking about this earlier. I asked the question, hey, Arkansas has picked preseason number third. You think they're going to finish that higher or lower? And you and I were kind of like probably right at it a little bit higher. And I don't think that's an egregious homer take just based on the way this team's played at this point. They've looked really good. I, I think they've got a great shot to be a – I don't know if I'm willing to say one seed yet, but I, I'm definitely more on the two-seed line based on the way they played at this point. Well, I mean, I just think the eye test, when you watch what Arkansas has done to this point this year versus the last two years, I think you see a lot more upside this year than you did the last two years. And, you know, really like Jalen and, you know, the, the play, Mote and, you know, the players, but there's just a level up here in, in what you're getting, especially with Council. You just, you're seeing. This team could do some special things. Yeah. You have to be thinking that if you're an Arkansas fan. Yeah, they've gelled quicker yeah. than the last two years. Three years ago, the team wasn't in the same stratosphere as the teams that they've had the last three years, and this team's better than the last two, and they've gelled quicker. Now, you've got to do it in conference play. You've got to do it when you go to Rupp. You've got to do it when you go to Knoxville. You've got to do it when you go to Tuscaloosa. But if you do, anyone think this team's not a potential Final Four candidate based on what you've seen to this point. Again, SEC play matters, but I think Muss is never going to be fully satisfied as a coach that's a coaching DNA whatever, but I think fans are. I think that there's not a lot of fans that you talk to, Tommy, that are like, hey, this hadn't been great to this point. Well, I mean, you're eight games in. <laughs> it is a marathon in basketball, so I mean, you got, got a ways to go. Hey, uh, before we go, Bruce, I want to ask you about the, the, the final rankings of the college football playoff committee. Did did they get it right with the top four teams? Um, you know, what, what were your thoughts when they released them? I don't think there was a lot of surprise, but is, is it the right four teams in there? I mean, I, I think so. I, I think it has to be those four teams. I know Saban made his little pitch and uh, tried to sneak Alabama in. But, you know, two loss Alabama doesn't beat a one-loss uh, Ohio State or TCU. I think TCU, uh, I think a lot of eyeballs were on that game in uh, Dallas on Saturday, and I think they really impressed the people that watched it. Uh, if that was their only loss, an overtime game, uh, I think it made it real easy for people to keep them at number three. So, you know, I think as much as uh, SEC people would rather see an Alabama or a Tennessee in there. Uh, I, don't, I don't think there's any way you could just make a straight face argument that they didn't get it right this time. So if, I have to agree with it. If there was a 12 team playoff in which Alabama would be on that list, how far would they go this year? Oh, I mean, they, they could go all the way. I mean, you just nobody wants to play them. Mm. I mean, I think. I think 12 teams would be happy to get in it, but the first thing you're going to look at is where am I seated? Do I have to play Alabama? Because you don't want to do that. Uh, but no, I think they they would have to think they're going to roll up in that tournament. They've got as much a shot to win it as anybody. Uh, I, I would think they would have that confidence. Yeah. And again, playing close games, they, they lost a couple, but all their games were close. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the teams... Uh, in the top 12, you know, 
Tennessee being one of them, Clemson being one of them, and Michigan. You know, you, you had some games that uh, kind of didn't go your way. Ohio State, you, just, you had some games that didn't didn't go your way, and, and you got you know kind of an ugly L on there. So. Yeah. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.